Hello, and welcome to another episode of Marriage in a Tightrope. I'm Alan. I'm Katie. And we're still married. We do not have an agenda. We well, do not have notes. We do. We have a topic. It's in my head. One thing that we have never tried to be, and hopefully we don't come across this way, we've never tried to appear as though we have it all figured out. I think that's the beauty in it. Right? right. This is we're not coming to you as like an expert therapist. You guys are our therapist and we're working out working it out here on the mic. We're the ones that have been through it and we continue to go through it. This episode is us going through it. As time has gone on, we're now almost 4 years into the podcast. We've figured out a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of issues that are no longer pain points, which is great. But there still are some issues, and when they come up, we do like to tell you about them and how we work through them. So that is what this episode is. Katie, take it away. Oh, gosh. <laughs> We're actually pretty cozy. We're sitting on the couch together yeah. with, like, a mic in be- between us. That's right. Should this we face each better. other and hold hands like Natasha teaches us? No. Okay. Well, well maybe we'll need to. <laughs> <sighs> Has it been about a month since this happened yeah about a month so about a month ago i just was feeling mad really mad if you follow alan on tiktok at all you'll know that alan okay i'm not gonna what alan what is your primary source of comedy on tiktok oh it's religious commentary 100 percent. it's 100 percent religious and it's not, at first it was LDS stuff, but it's not LDS stuff, mostly. Right. It's moved way past that. Yes. So what what's the type of things that people would hear or see on your TikTok? Yeah, I mean, and it's, I generally don't talk about it much on this podcast or in our podcast group, because this is not the audience that I'm aiming for on TikTok. Um, Who I really, is your audience? Well, <laughs> I made a series probably at the end, middle of, of September that found a broader ex-Christian li- viewership, I should say. So probably 85 to 90% of my followers on TikTok have nothing to, have never been LDS. Mm-hmm. So it's basically what my TikTok channel is for me is I'm looking back at things that I used to believe and examining them again for the first time since I no longer believed. Some of that is LDS. Mo- most of it most is not. Most of it's Christian. And I'm looking back at it, and my style, regardless of topic, is comedic. And that can be difficult. Sarcastic. That can, it's, yeah, there's some sarcasm as well. Um, I still, to this day, maintain that my I, I do not make content for those that believe I make content for those that are deconstructing or have deconstructed. I mean, you have a lot of followers. I do. How many followers? 170,000. Okay. Alan's TikToks. I haven't generally followed them, but because we're married, because I have like watched his TikToks, they'll come up on my feed. And in the past, there have been a few times where I've been really, Annoyed is probably the best word for it. But like a month ago is when I was like mad, steaming mad. Yep. Right? And I mean steaming. 
I can only think of one other occasion where you were more upset in the last four years. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone knows that... I, it's so funny. I say this, and but it's true. I'm a I'm aware of a private person, right? I I don't want to say or do anything because I'm also a people pleaser. If you have taken the um, the Negram tests, I am a a two, a two, yeah, service yeah. oriented, people pleaser. Um, like I'm just there to help, and uh, so. I do not put myself out there in a way... She says into the microphone. Well, no, hold on. <laughs> I don't put myself out there in a way that would be damaging to anyone. I never want to offend people. Like, I feel like I'm a little bit, like, I, I want it to be a safe space, right? So that's what we've, like, tried to do is make everything a safe space. Mm -hmm. That's kind of just, like, my personality, too, is I want people to feel comfortable and I, I don't purposely put myself out there. There are plenty of um, groups that ask us to come speak. It, I, I Honestly, it's not like the thing that I do best. I, I'm not super comfortable in it. I love meeting people. I love one-on-one -on -one interaction. Um, but standing up at Thrive in front of 2,000 people is not... I had... I can tell you, I had a number of panic attacks, and I tried to pull out of that many times. She did. I don't need to say it, but I'm going to say it. It ended up being fine. <laughs> it end, and it you ended does. up rocking it, by the way. Well, it, it always ends up being fine. I just, it is not, like, it's just not part of who I am. But yet, here we are in a position where we're constantly putting we're that. pretty public. So, okay, so I'll say that. So Alan is the opposite. And this has been like this our whole marriage. It's been like this my whole life. Your whole life. Like, you've been very, very like, hey, look at me. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I remember, I don't need to tell specific stories, but I remember in high school uh, in Southern California being one of very few members of the church. And I, probably obnoxiously to other kids, I don't know, but I liked it. I liked being the tall Mormon kid. Like that, it was... And I was going to be who I was going to be. And I think but a lot, were like in a lot of ways... you were like the school mascot. Like, I was the school mascot, like, school president, There's ball, nothing baseball. that embarrasses you. No. Like, and, and, and you are who you are, which is... There's nothing wrong with that. Right. I am who I am as well. Mm -hmm. And I just... I'm very willing to, to throw myself into it. Like, right. I, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And I always have been. Yeah. I don't shy away from it. No. But... I also don't love like ruffling feathers because I'm just not that person. You know, mm -hmm. I like to keep the peace within my family, within my friendships, within my neighborhood. Like I, I, I just feel like it's not worth it. Like why, unless there's something that's like super damaging or hurtful or toxic, right? You know, I was the companion on the mission that could literally have the hardest, hardest people because I just didn't feel like it was worth like critiquing every single thing about them. I was like, no, we're together for three months. Okay, we can do this. It'll be fine. Right. I'm, I'm like that kind of attitude. Okay. Um, anyway. Okay. So going back to the TikTok thing. So Alan had made like a series of different TikToks and I had watched them. And as I watched each one of them, like I felt more and more and more anger about it. And um, 
I'll tell you specifically where the pain comes from. I think the pain comes from the fact that I still very much believe in Christ, very much believe in God, very much um, not necessarily like the Mormon view, but I have this I have this belief that there is something bigger than us and there's something still here and and everything. So Alan's content has been about I don't know, the lack of that, or just that he doesn't believe that there's enough proof to prove that there is a God. And we won't go get into all of that. But so his content has been sarcastic. And I know that it touches a nerve with a lot of people. I know that it's, it's helps people probably process their own pain and emotions. Um, and there's a place for it. There's like the anger is there and there's a place for it. I don't want to say that what he does is wrong. Yeah, I wouldn't. Would you classify? I'll ask you instead of answering it. I'll ask you. Would you classify my content as angry? I well. <laughs> or would you? I mean, I think that it's sarcastic, and I mm-hmm. think that people that are. It depends on how it's taken. People who are in an angry place can sort of f- feel that anger with the content, or you know, people who are also in an angry place could see that and be like have it be lighthearted or like make them laugh at something that's hard for them yeah so i think it could be taken different ways sure Uh, do i present as angry in my videos i don't i don't your your intent isn't anger if that's what you're asking yeah i mean i i'm not angry so anyway so i'm hoping that i i'm not conveying anger right in any of my content no i think you're just flippant Flippant. Okay. That's the. I mean, that's the. That's the word I use to you. I think is like it's just like flippant. Mm-hmm. So I get more and more angry, and finally, there was one TikTok in particular that really just pushed me over the edge. And I was, I'm like the one that bottles everything up, and I don't say anything until it all explodes. We didn't talk for three days. So it then it all exploded, and I finally like voiced what I was thinking because also um, I have a hard time formulating what I want to say in a way that like represents really how I feel and not again I don't want to hurt like my purpose isn't to hurt so I have to like really think about it that's just always been how I process things so anyway I finally comes to a head and it we kind of like blow up and I uh, tell Alan everything that I'm upset about. And I had already kind of formulated in my mind what I wanted to say and how I wanted to proceed. I think that I take things very personally because I'm still such a believer in in Jesus that when I see con- like the sarcastic content that's made, I almost feel like I'm... I'm being made fun of as a Christian. And I told Alan that. And and um, I confided in a couple of people. And three of them said, I was going to ask you, Katie, how you deal with Alan's TikTok content because I can't follow it because otherwise I get my feelings hurt. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I feel like I'm just getting my feelings hurt because, you know, here we on the podcast try to create like a very good open space where we can both 
make room for each other and believe and talk about things. But then when I feel like it's taken a step further and I'm, I feel like, I don't, I don't want to use the word attacked, but I just feel like, um, my beliefs are stupid because, you know, there's, you know, anyway, it, I, I, it hurts my feelings. I take it personally. And maybe it's because I'm the spouse of the one that's making it. And also like, here I am, like, just trying to make safe spaces, and I'm like, I-, I can't even watch my own husband's TikTok channel, and I would die if if any of my family members watched it, because they would be just as hurt. So I bring that up to Alan. <laughs> I exploded on Alan and told him that. How? What was your reaction? Like, how were you feeling when I told you that? Well, I mean, it's hard, because... I certainly understand where you're coming from. I also, I think my initial response, both verbally and mentally inside of my own head was don't watch it. Mm-hmm. Just don't watch it. In fact, before spoiler, you ended up deleting TikTok, and, and before you did that, I blocked you because I was like, just don't watch the videos. I didn't know you blocked me. Yeah. I, I mean, did. it doesn't matter. I mean, we talked, we talked about it. I said, I can block you and then you won't see my content. That's totally fine. But uh, you ended up, and you can talk about, you know, the TikTok in, in a second, but like for me, it is difficult because create and I don't know how many people listening to this can understand. And I'm totally comfortable with people hearing this episode saying like, thinking that, I don't know if I'm a, maybe hypocrite's a strong word, but I don't feel maybe I'm compartmentalizing this podcast content with TikTok content. I don't feel like I'm being a hypocrite, creating safe spaces and focusing on the relationship with marriage on a tightrope and then making content on my own deconstruction and, and connecting with others who have deconstructed on TikTok. Like I, I feel like I can do both to your point where you said you would be, you'd be appalled if, if your family watched, I I would too. I don't want them to watch. They shouldn't watch. And I've had family members you know, you get notifications when people follow you and I've had family members start to follow me and I know that they're still in and I immediately reach out to them and say, you should not watch my videos. You shouldn't watch my videos. I'm not making content for folks that are still in the church. That's not who I am right now with the content. There are there. Look, I I do a lot of videos as well about mixed faith families, mixed faith marriages and advice with believers. I, I, I do those videos as well. But if I ever recognize anyone who is still in that follows me, I tell them not to. That's not who I'm making content for. Right. I also fully expect to not want to make content forever. But right That's now, that's what I, we say about marriage on a yeah, I know, and we we won't be making content here forever. I I think for many of you listening, some of you may be at the tail end of needing this podcast, where the mixed faith marriage space is largely a pit stop. That on your way to other things and whether you are no longer mixed faith or you've you're listening and you've gotten to a space where you're comfortably mixed faith that you just don't need it anymore. So we've talked to many couples who we're still close to who just don't listen anymore because they don't need to. There will be a time when we don't need to make it anymore. Mm-hmm. There will be a time when I don't need to make TikTok content about religion either. Right now, that's not that time, so I continue to make it. So, okay, so we uh, that was let's a lot. go back. That was a lot. 
Let's go back. So we had this big conversation. I should say like this, like I blow up or whatever. Yeah. And what did you recommend and we do? So I really thought beforehand about healthy boundaries. Okay. So the healthy boundary is not for me to say, Alan, you need to stop making content. That's not healthy. Um, the healthy boundary for me is just to remove myself completely from even seeing the content, right? And it's not to do it in like a stop my foot kind of way. It's like a, you know, this really isn't adding a lot to my life and I can easily step away from this, maybe with a few withdrawals, but I can easily step away from this space and then I won't even have to worry about it. Like I'm not going to constantly feel like my feelings are hurt or... Or that I'm getting mad at him for content he's making. So I told Alan, like, one of the first things I said was, I'm going to delete TikTok. And this isn't just because, you know, of you. But I'm just going to remove myself. You, I'm not asking you to stop making content. That's for you. That's not for me. And this is, like, one easy way. Just remove myself. So I thought that that was a healthy boundary set by me. Um, for him, you know, for him, but there, this was like, uh, a number twofold, threefold, fourfold, Uh, you know, other thoughts I had in my mind are if this is really how you feel about Christianity in general, like there, let's stop doing the things that aren't serving you. Okay. Like you've been coming to church with us. We've, we've done the whole, like, We've done the whole thing where we we go together, then we go the first hour, and then we skip this Sunday, and then he doesn't come, and then he comes back. Like, we have tried it all. But I feel like it's not really serving you to be there. And quite honestly, it doesn't serve me either because I just sit on pins and needles about what's being said at the pulpit. And sometimes I agree and I roll my eyes with Alan, and other times, you know, I find something you know, really beautiful and Alan doesn't. And so, um, I asked Alan to stop coming to church with us. And I have also realized, and my goal for 2022 is not to make any decisions, specifically not to make any decisions for anyone around me. I'm, I'm done. And maybe this is, uh, we've been in it for four years. I'm tired. (laughs) It's been really hard. Um, My kids fight me to go to church. And before, when we'd all go together, it was like, no, we're doing this as a family. This is what we're going to do. If we're all going to be home, we're going to be here as a family doing it together. But I'm done making decisions for my kids. And so my boys are old enough, and we've already talked to them. We haven't forced them to do anything. Go to activities, go to the temple, have priesthood advancement. We have not... We have not forced them for anything. We've let them make make the decision. The only thing that we've asked of them is that we go to church as a family, at least the first hour. They can leave the second hour. But now I'm at this point where I'm not, I'm done, you know, telling them to be there when they don't want to be there, clearly. And quite honestly, again, I don't either. So I told Alan, let's let the kids decide whether or not they want to come to church. I would prefer that you not come because if you want to come on a Sunday, that's up to you. But like, just let me have my space to do what I want to do. I would like to go to church 
And if anyone wants to come with me, they can. And so we had one Sunday where just Zara came. No, we had one Sunday where um, my two little ones came. And then we had another Sunday where just my my daughter came. And it's because she likes going with me. She likes, she has friends there. She She generally likes going to church with me. And then um, this last Sunday was the primary program, and so the whole family came. And we'll we'll get to that as well. But then I'll talk about some of the other changes. Um, the big one, I mean, these are all big things. <laughs> but the next big thing I told Alan is, I said, you know, I think that there needs to be a separation between me and you. So... Like, I understand how you feel about Christianity and everything else. That's, you know, that's that's your thing. I would like to stay on the path of still believing in Jesus and God and still worshiping the way I want to. So I'm not going to be talking about, like, church or, I don't know, spiritual things that happen. I'm just, I'm not going to talk to you about it anymore. And I said that, and let me, I'll say this. Some of it was anger because I'm like, I'm not sharing with you like the things that are personal to me because you're going to turn around and you're going to make fun of them on your TikTok account. Like I just, I cannot do that for me. Like my own mental health. That's so hurtful for me. And so that's one of the reasons why I tried to draw that boundary. But also, we've never tried that. You know, we've never tried just me keeping things to myself and sharing them with people who who understand it and and versus not. So I proposed this to Alan, and it did not go well. It was not received terribly well. And the general idea of why is because I... I feel like we've learned over the last few years that when we can communicate things that are important to us and valuable to us individually, especially knowing that the other person disagrees, we've found intimacy in those difficult conversations. So, and also, I, I mean, I, I have to respond to one thing you just said. I have never and will never make content in response to something you tell me privately. So if, if you come to me and, and tell me something of, you know, I, I, this happened and, and I really appreciate it at church. I'm not going to go and make sarcastic content about that in response to you. I know. I, I hope that what you said, I, here's how I took what you said. Okay. I took what you said as you're sharing something deeply personal to me. And that thing that you're sharing with me is also the thing that I'm, that I'm making content about and being yeah. sarcastic about. Right. Not necessarily a response to what you're saying. Right. right. Okay. Good. Good. Cause I, I, I hope you know that. And I, I want our listeners to know, like I'm not taking our private conversations and going out and making, especially when you're following me. Cause I know you're going to see it. No, I mean, I'm not doing that. No, but I mean, that's my ultimate worry is like things that are private to me are going to be, turned on their head and I already feel sensitive about like the being a Christian thing with you and so it's really hard to want to share anything yeah that that I know that you already feel the way you do like there's a big difference I'm not out there making TikTok content about how stupid atheists are like I don't do that publicly and if you were to watch those videos of me doing that that would be hurtful for you 
And so, I mean, that's that's why it's really, really tricky. It's, that is a good way of putting it. It is really, really tricky. I don't think Christians are stupid. I know. I'm, I'm just going to say, though, like, I know how you feel about yeah. a lot of things. And you asked me, like, do you even know what I believe? And I gave you a lot of content, so I know where you're at. But I do feel like that some of that sarcasm, like, just stings me. Sure. I understand. When you said we shouldn't be talking about this, the, the fear that was that was coming out of me was, you know, I think I said something almost verbatim to, to this of I'm, I'm really worried about that. I'm really worried that if like we're going from all to nothing and I, I really am concerned that if we go that path, it's going to hurt our relationship. What I didn't say, and this is what, how long ago was this conversation? Three weeks, four weeks, four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I could have seen now, and we're still figuring it out, if I could see how we've talked about things right now, I wouldn't have been as concerned because, and I don't want to skip ahead at all, but we have talked about things. I was worried that like religion was off topic, was off, was off limits rather that we were never going to discuss it. And I'm like, how are we even going to do this? We, we have a podcast. We talk to couples we live here. We go like you're going to church. Uh, our lives are built around this still. And how are we going to do that? Are we just not going to talk? So I, I was scared. I was scared it was going to hurt our relationship. And I think even in that, even in that initial conversation, that was voiced a way of look. All of the fear here is on both sides is that our relationship will will hurt because of this we both want a strong relationship and that's a good thing that's a good thing that we both want that you're a little emotional right now (laughs) yeah because i mean to be fair there's stuff that we still haven't talked about you know um there were there were big things that happened this month that we haven't spoken about uh my sister got sealed to her two adopted kids that she adopted the last couple years and um and I, we, like, it was awkward after that. We went on a few dates. We didn't talk at all, basically. And then, you know, my sister was sealed to her kids. And I just, like, don't feel like I can talk about that with you. Because you don't believe in it. And. I believe in families. <laughs> I mean. I know, but I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying, I don't know where the boundary is. You know, like, how much do I share how much do I do I protect? It's a wall, right? How much do I protect my myself by not saying anything? There was that. And then basically someone that was like a grandfather who died. And that was really hard. And you weren't at the funeral. And I was. And I sang at the funeral with that his grandkids. Just, that was work conflicts, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And my dad spoke at the funeral and didn't feel like I could come and talk to you about that at all. And we still haven't talked about it. And it's because, you know, this the central message, of course, is the gospel. And, you know, bas- you know basically like 
returning to God. And he lost his son to cancer t about 18 years ago. And then he has another son that died of a heart attack just a couple years ago. And he only has two daughters left. And so there was a lot of speech around that. And now I understand how triggering that can be. But it's also hard when it happens to someone close to you. You know, it's not just like, <laughs> you know, like a ward member's funeral or something. So I just, I don't, I drew those boundaries and I, I still don't know like what I should or should not share. And we still haven't talked about it, which is obviously why I'm still kind of emotional about it. I drew these boundaries. Was there any other requests that I made? No, that I don't, not that I can remember. Like I, the I not talking that was... about it was, was the hardest one for me. I, I even out of the gate understood the, the church one and was willing to, you know, I mean, I'm willing, I, I was willing to do all of it. I was just very concerned. I mean, I was, I was, I also asked you like, you know, it's Christmas time and it's been super, it's very sensitive because I, I told Alan, I don't even feel like I can play Christmas music in our home, which is really sad to me because that's something that I love. And, you know, I usually like, I have an Advent thing you know, the, about Christ. And usually we do like names of Christ and, and everything. And so that has been really hard for me as well, because I feel like I know what he thinks and believes. And, and I just don't like need that hanging over me when I'm trying to do something with the kids that is very Christian. So when you, you introduced the advent to the kids and it was like, you know, well, I don't even know what it was because we talked about it and, and said I, I was going to leave. I was going to walk walk away from it. When you presented it to the kids, when you went yeah. through it, I wasn't going to be there. Right. Yeah, you showed it to me and I, and I looked at the very first thing that was going to be presented and I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't be here. Right. Right. And I told him I would probably be, I would, I would appreciate that he's not there. Mm-hmm. To like, let me talk about it with the kids. I know that was hurtful for you. Yeah. I mean, it was difficult. It was difficult, especially because like, I don't feel like I need to sit down with the kids and give them a counterpoint. Uh, with our kids, I haven't, I haven't felt that um, the way that they are presented religion, Christianity, Mormonism, the way that they're presented it, which is largely what we talk to them about is not going to damage my relationship with them. They're not going to reject me. So I'm not concerned about their individual, you know, involvement. And if, even if I was welcome to mixed faith marriage, you have equal say as, as I do, you can teach them what, what you feel is important, even if, and especially not, especially if, even if I disagree with it. Well, I want to be clear here that it's not like I did this behind Alan's back I showed him the curriculum. I showed him what I wanted to do. It's from Simply Goodness. It's like a just an Advent. Just a, it's just a Christian lesson about you know the different events happening around Christ's birth, and I I was very upfront with him yeah. about it, and I was not trying to say this is what I'm going to do, and you can't do anything about it. I said if you want to be there, that's your right. You can, but this is what something that I would like to do with the kids. Now, having said that. Like, I don't know if I think, like, about your TikTok channel. 
I think like, how would I feel about Jackson and Hayden? Like our kids watching your TikTok channel. I think I'd be kind of mad. And I'm sure that you feel the same way about me sharing the stuff right. with the kids. Like I, again, I don't, I don't want to say, okay, you sit down with them with the Advent thing. I'm going to sit down with them the next night and talk to them why I don't believe it. No, instead, um, instead, I, I have conversations with them. We had a conversation when uh, Zara brought up at dinner. What did she bring up? Woolly mammoths. And we like turned that into a conversation of critical thinking that I really appreciated. It had it nothing great. to do with religion. It was great. But it was like, that's the moments that I want to have. And a 45-second recap of what that even was is she had some you know, book from school that had woolly mammoths on the front and like how scientists are trying to clone them. And with and I, elephants, yeah, like with ele- like splice with elephants, and we talked. Should we do that first of all? Then we talked. What about, are the ethical yeah. reasons why we shouldn't? And then I said, well, how do we know that woolly mammoths even existed? Right. Well, we have a fossil record. Okay. Well, how do we know that President Biden exists? Well, we can see pictures of him. Okay. What about President Washington? George Washington. We have never seen pictures of him. Well, there's historical records. People have written about him. Yeah, that's true. But there's written records about Harry Potter. Yeah, but that was presented as false. So we just kind of went through that line of questioning. Never brought it to a religious person at all. But I just was I was waiting to, for it to get there. Yeah, never what about did. Jesus? No, we weren't. I wasn't going to go there. But it's just those moments of critical thinking are important to me. And trying to walk the kids through some of those things is, is fun sometimes. And I think that's part of the reason why I enjoy going and doing TikTok. Because the believing side is all around me. And even in my own home. And I don't want to have a counter battle with my wife about the things that she holds dear and the things that I don't hold dear. I don't want to do that in my own home. So I'm going to go do it somewhere where I can do it. And so that's where I do it. Right. And I recognize that where that's not... I mean, again, healthy boundary. That's why I didn't say stop making content. I Mm -hmm. just removed myself from it. Yep. So... Uh, we talk about all this. We have a few awkward date nights. I have a few like big things that happen that we still don't process or talk about. And then, you know, the Sunday, the first Sunday of the month, or it was the end of the last month, my sister, um, invited us up to a Christmas concert at her stake and her stake has like, I don't know the, like, the best talent in any stick I have ever seen in my entire life. Honestly. Much of it provided by her family. Yeah. Well, so she's, so we were kind of expecting like, oh, we're going to go to this, you know, this. This local ward Christmas thing. (laughs) Where there'll be a few like women who will be a little off pitch singing a few songs. But like my nephew was singing. My, my um, nieces were singing. We're like, let's just go. So we go and they've, like, first of all, you walk in the chapel and they've completely decorated, like, decked it out in Christmas stuff. And from the get-go, um, the stake president stood up and, or maybe he was a counselor and just said, hey, we've turned this into a concert hall. So, I mean, this was on a Sunday, you guys. Very and progressive. He was, he was wearing a black button-up shirt, no and tie. Bow tie. Well, no, it was a bow tie. No, he didn't have a tie. It was like um, unbuttoned. Maybe someone anyway. else had a bow tie. But he, yeah, very progressive. And then he said, we would like you to clap and cheer after after the music. And so we were like... It really set, honestly, and I, so and I came, I was, I was there. It really set the mood. It did. It set the mood. It, it, was, it was actually really good. So they had... 
they had like Clay Christiansen, who used to be the Motab organ player, who's in their stake. He did like an like organ numbers. They had people from Motab who lived in the stake who did like choir performances. The best one um of the night was uh, a woman on a flute and a woman on a cello and. One was, she is in the Utah Symphony, and the other one um, played with, like, the Motab's, like, symphony on Temple Square. And they played, what, Child Is This, right? Mm. Anyway, and it was just uh, so moving. (laughs) And I love Christmas music, and I... And it was so moving to me, and of course, like, I bawled through the entire... um, entire piece but Alan and I weren't talking about freaking church stuff or Christianity and so I like didn't say anything to him I just like turned my back and then Alan was very nice he like reached his hand over and he and I think you rec what did you say you like recognized that how beautiful it was yeah I mean I remember leaning over and we had a kid in between us of course but during what child is this, you kind of turned away from me and I could see that you were crying and I put my arm on your shoulder and, and leaned over and just said something along the lines of, I know this is really hard. I love you. And then afterwards I just said, that was really pretty. And it, and and it was, it was, it was really moving. I mean, it it is, and this is a little bit of a side note, but especially for those that this is like your first Christmas season, um, deconstructing and not all that deconstruct the LDS church deconstruct Christianity. But if you are in that boat, it can really be a trip to hear some of these Christmas songs that you no longer believe, but you still have this like big emotional pull and all of the things around Christmas are tied to these hymns and these Christmas songs. And like you hear the song and you can taste your grandma's apple pie and, and, and it's like that can, it can be really hard um, see, I can cry too. <laughs> it can be really hard. And it's, it's so confusing because you're like, oh, the Christmas season. And then you're like, oh, the Christmas season. It's like all at the same time. Yeah. And I think that like so many other topics with mixed faith marriage, like we are feeling the same conflicted feelings for very different reasons. Um, and we can lean into each other in that. And that's hard. But anyway, back to the... Back anyway, to the, so to story. we, we, I mean, we did the Christmas concert and it was just, for me, it was, it was like the perfect way to start the season. And, um, and you seemed, I mean, maybe cause you're past that anger and, you know, but it, you seem to have enjoyed it. I did. I enjoyed it. And I know that we're going to get to another Sunday that was just a couple of days ago. Yeah. Um, but even that Sunday that was more difficult was like, I moved past it quickly Right. But yeah, I mean, you kind of build calluses in in this space when you're around the thing that you no longer believe. <laughs> and and back to like the Christmas concert, I didn't ask anyone. Like I just said, "Hey, I'm going to this Christmas concert, you guys." And the whole family ended up coming. Yeah, everyone I didn't wanted to go. Force anyone to, again, and I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not going to force anyone to do that. Um and I think part of it too is we have older kids now. Our youngest is eight, and we already like don't even know if the our nine and eight year old are going to be baptized because it's their choice, and so we're we're all about choices right now. So, okay, then 
fast forward, you know, we, I posted on Facebook a very tender, um, talk that, uh, my daughter Zara wrote as part of her part in the primary program. And I will, I have it over here. I I have it. It's right here. You have it right here. So, um, Zara wrote, wrote this. (laughs) There's, there goes the drawer. Um, Zara wrote this and, um, I was very proud of her because it's very hard, but it was her truth. Her prompt was, what, what is she doing to get ready for, um, for baptism? So do you want to read what she wrote? Sure. She wrote, I turned eight at the start of the pandemic. When it started to get better, I was told I could get baptized. This has been a hard decision for me. One reason it's been hard is because my dad can't baptize me. I love him very much. So this has made it hard. I'm grateful that I have examples and support from my family and friends. I know that I am loved, and when I decide to be baptized, my family will support me. Jesus has given me an example of being baptized. I can continue to act the way he did and be kind to those around me. Okay, so that was what her and I sat down and wrote together. And basically, she gave the whole context of what she wanted to say. I I actually would prompt her, I'm like... Do you want to talk about how Jesus was 30 years old when he was baptized? She's like, no, mom. And so it was all driven by her. And um, that's the truth and the way that she could participate in the primary program. And so uh, I showed that to Alan. And again, our son, our eight-year-old son did not want to participate. So we didn't force him. We're like, okay, that's fine. But she did. So, you know, this is what we do. We're going to support each other, however that looks. So um, this last Sunday was the primary program. And Alan, if a kid were to read something like that at the pulpit, I think a lot of parents would say, that's crazy, embarrassing for me. I'm not going to be there. Right. How did you feel? Like, what was, what do you think her intention behind all of that was? Well, I mean, we've, here's the nice thing is that we've had a lot of conversations about this and some of it has been recorded and released as episodes. So I knew that her saying, um, my dad can't baptize me was not in any way her saying my dad's not worthy or my dad is bad or my dad is less than. I knew that because, yeah, because we've had conversations about it. Right. Uh, Before we got there, um, before church, I went to up to her and said, hey, I'd like to come and watch you talk in the primary program. Is that okay? And she said, yeah, of course. And I said, great, I'll be there. So when she said it, I knew what she was saying. So I didn't feel embarrassed at all. Um, This is one of the benefits of kind of being firmly okay with where I'm at is I don't, I honestly don't really care if anyone that heard her say what she said that didn't have the context thought like, Ooh, that burns or, Oh, what did he do? Like I, I didn't even, doesn't even enter my mind. I just don't even, I don't really care. And when, I mean, you were there with me afterwards when, you know, it ended, we were the last two people out of the chapel because we were chatting with people. Like, 
when I go, I still talk. I'm a talker. And so we talk to people and. And everyone knows where we're at. Everyone is extremely aware of our situation. Yeah. And I, I am a firm advocate of being your best self around everyone and showing people through that, not putting pressure on yourself to be happier than you actually are, but just show up and be okay with who you are. And there's a period of time where that's not possible. And did I go through it? Oh, yes. I was at church raising my hand, getting mad at what people were saying, other people getting mad at what I was saying, and like fighting and fighting and fighting. And it's just, and you get past that part. Yeah. But it's not for everyone. And that's no. that, that no. approach isn't for everyone. We're just, you know, sharing how we approached it. But uh, there, there were so many caveats to how this program came to be and I'm not going to go into a lot of details but I'll say that it was difficult for Alan it was also difficult for me and that was unexpected and I didn't know if I was going to approach Alan to talk about it because one thing we decided to do is that if religion had to do with the kids we would talk about it but we could keep kind of like our individual journeys to ourselves. And so, you know, I was I was listening to the primary program. The kids did a great job. It was kind of like random. There were some random things in there. I, I know that we don't get into a lot of issues. So I think a lot of the things said were interesting choices for two weeks before Christmas. <laughs> Let's just say that. Or maybe it wasn't, because there's two birthdays close to Christmas. There are. There are. We can leave it at that. There, I think many of our listeners will get that. <laughs> if not, yeah, I won't worry about that. I, I'm sorry for the non-LDS people out there that are like, what? What? who else what besides Jesus? Joseph Smith's birthday okay. is December 23rd. Okay. Anyway, so it That's was... That's also Festivus. For the rest Seinfeld, of us. Seinfeld fans. <laughs> um, so, Alan, it was hard for you. Yeah, and again, I actually... So I had some anxiety in the middle of it. I mean, the first few songs, I'm like, what is happening? And then um, a believing member of the ward, who has been a lifeline to me over the years, uh, she texts me, and in kind of a break the ice, um, call attention to what's happening on the stage way, and it totally saved my butt. It was very nice. She's the bomb. She is the bomb. And then afterwards... Um, as soon as it was over, it kind of melted away and yeah. we started talking to people and, and it was fine. I wasn't concerned that long-term, like, look, we've been doing this thing for a while and like, I don't want to put myself in situations that are going to mentally harm me. This wasn't going to mentally harm me. Like I'm totally fine being there for my daughter and knowing that being there is going to be difficult. Like that's okay. Yeah. And and what I didn't expect is that I had, there were some things that I didn't love about it. And it was hard. It was hard for me. And how do I process that after telling Alan that, no, we're not going to share, I'm not going to share my spiritual journey with you. And so this is where I'm coming to all of you and telling you that I just, I don't, I, I myself, like, I'm trying to set boundaries. It's really hard to know, though, like, where to where it starts and when it stops. I, I I just don't know. And after church, you know, we had a debriefing and I just touched on a few things. 
And Can I say how you approached it? Because I, sure. like, I like how you approached it. Because you were like, <laughs> you were like, well, first of all, when we said goodbye at the end of the sacrament meeting, because I went home, you stayed. You said, I have some thoughts and I don't know how to share them. And I said, okay, I love you. We'll see you soon. So then we went, we went away. Uh, I went home, you went there. And then later on at home, you said, okay, I'm struggling to know like where the boundary is. And, and I said, well, let's just try, see how it is, see how it is. You, you know, that, that I'm not going to dogpile. I'm not going to, you know, you can trust me with your, with your thoughts. And if you don't like what you share or you feel self-conscious or whatever, then we'll learn that lesson. So then you shared, I thought, I I thought we had a great conversation. Yeah, it was, it was very surface level. Just a few things that I pointed out that were kind of hard to listen to. And Alan, in response, acknowledged how hard that must be for me to say those things to him and thanked me, you know, for saying them. And I listened to what he had to say about what was hard for him. And I, in return, was very grateful for him also for sharing that with me. And so <laughs> this is, I mean, that was just this last Sunday and it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. So that was two days ago. So uh, we, I don't, I don't know what the H I'm doing. <laughs> Why can't I say the word? Well, you, you could if it wasn't recording. <laughs> Maybe. Remember, I gotta be make it safe for everybody. Make it safe. Um, I don't know what I'm doing. And, you know, just when I, I feel like. Like boundaries are crossed tonight and I want to just do my own thing, you know, then something else happens and I'm like, okay, now how do I talk about this with my spouse? And also it's painful, like not only recognizing that you yourself may be changing or you may be feeling, you know, similar to your spouse or that you don't feel like you can share, you know, like with my 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 uncle Jean dying and with um, my sister going through the temple. Like, those are things that are painful that I don't feel like I can share and still haven't shared from, like, a month ago. But um, it was nice to share something that I could share with Alan. I don't know. I, I don't know how to say it other than this is, like, a continually processing issue in the marriage that we have not found a good way to navigate. I would disagree. You think we can, I'm well, so it's easier for me to, to tell you things that I'm having struggling with, especially if they coincide with how you feel. It's another thing for me to tell you about things. I strongly feel desires or thoughts I have about my sister and her beautiful kids being sealed together because I don't feel like you are on that plane. I don't feel safe telling you about it. Mm-hmm. So it is still really hard. Yeah. I, and I don't mean to say it's not hard. Clearly it is for both of us. Uh, what, what I mean to say when I disagree is I feel like we have, we have found ways to overcome these problems, these types of problems and communication barriers, uh, 
so that like that's what I mean. On this mm-hmm. particular issue, we haven't figured out exactly where that balance is, but over the last four years, especially, like we have shown that we are capable of figuring this out. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Maybe there's a nuance there with whether or not I agree with you or not. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I understand what you're saying. That especially the stuff where we do disagree, um, th- that those are the hardest things to talk about. Like on the very 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 small level. Um, like last night, I, yesterday I finished the finale, the season finale of a TV show that you'll never watch. Succession. Yes. Yep. And it was incredible. It was so good. And like, even that, like I, that's just more like you're apathetic to it because you don't care. But even that. You also have a group of guys you watch it with. No, I know, but I love sharing things with you. Like anything that hits me hard, I want to say like, oh my gosh. I watched this season finale of Succession yesterday. It was so good. And I know that you're not going to have anything. You're not going to say like, oh, catch me up. Or I know that you're not going to say that because why would you? I just gloss over. Like, it's like World of Warcraft all over again. Yeah, right. <laughs> Where, but that's what I'm saying. Like, there are things that I know either you disagree with or you're not interested in. And I still like to find ways to talk to you about them. Not because I think you'll be interested or you, because you'll agree, but because you're my best friend. You're my forever companion, however long that is. <laughs> and and I like to share things with you. So, and and I I hope that by now I've proven that I'm not interested in sharing things with you with the intent of changing you. Because I don't want to do that. And I, and I actually can't do that i think that we've both established that i can't change you it actually and you backfires. can't change me it does it 100 percent backfires it backfires on both of us yeah it yeah. absolutely does this is a work in progress and this yeah. has gone way longer than i ever thought it would well no, we'll just do a quick episode about this huge thing that's been happening the last month yes. and and so i hope all of you could listen to that and just know that you're not alone in probably some of the similar conversations you all have. I want to just like make it clear. I'm not embarrassed by Alan. I don't like shun him or anything. You know what I mean? Like there's so many amazing things about Alan and he is amazing. I'm going to say it. You're going to hate me. I I don't care. I'm going to say it. But Alan was sales director of the year at his company. He is a global company. Sales director of the year. That's like a huge, huge deal. And he, he doesn't, he's like, no, don't, don't, don't. But I I am super proud of the person he is. I can still be proud of him and still disagree with the way he goes about doing things. Because we're different people. So I I want to make sure everyone knows that like, this whole TikTok thing that's turned into this big thing in our relationship right now. Like I want you to know that I, it's not that I'm, I don't know how to, uh, how to put it other than I am, I love him. I love him like who he is and I can support him. And this is a way that I can support him. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're sweet and I appreciate you saying that. The fact of the matter is, TikTok pays me about 30 cents a day and we can't <laughs> afford to lose that income. Hey, 
That's more than we get from the podcast, babe. It is. <laughs> Tight ropers, you've so been bad. replaced. <laughs> by, are you going to let the ex-evangelicals beat you? Because oh, that's geez. what's happening. I'm kidding. Okay, so just going out, there's just a couple of things we wanted to mention here at the end. Can I do the first one? Yeah, you do the first one. Thank you. I I'm going to steal all the thunder on this. Yes. We, as you know, get to talk with a lot of mixed-faith couples and... Recently, we, we chatted with a couple that we've known in this space for a number of years, and they have fallen on some very difficult times. They did not ask us to do this, but we felt like we could use the outreach and the community that we have access to in mixed faith to help them out. So literally this morning, we posted in our Facebook group. It was like group. later this afternoon. Like, yeah, we, yeah, we posted just... in our Facebook group, uh, there's a family in need, uh, Tis the season. If you can give, that would be great. We'll match every dollar that's given. This is not for us. And within an hour, we had the amount that they needed. Yeah. I mean, within an hour. We yeah. did, we couldn't even get it to the podcast. It was just so fast. So we updated immediate. the post and said, oh we're my good. goodness, <laughs> we're good. Stop sending money. We just want to say thank you to the handful that saw the post in time. Thank yeah. you. But also for all of the contributions over the years. Um, for those that, that can and have uh, contributed, and not just monetarily, but your time, our moderators in the Facebook uh, group. I don't think you guys understand. Like, Alan and I have so much on our plate that we have base we have stopped moderating we haven't moderated for a long time it's and hard. it's been and it's been our moderators in the group who have responded who have tried to make it a safe space and some of have, them aren't in mixed faith marriages some anymore. of them aren't even in, some, some of them are, aren't even married anymore some of them, and they're still helping moderate some of them aren't even in the church anymore yeah you guys we just i i can't tell you how lucky we are to have the people that we have to really i mean make this group what it is and so we would call them out by name here but that's no, not that we don't do that. do that you know who you are thank you thank you thank you yes and you know along with those like donations that you've made in the past to help i i think the big one is those of you who have um helped other couples go through the course i, I it has been a couple of times where there's been a marco polo group going and someone will mention that they're really struggling in their marriage and should I take the course? And then someone else will just step in and say, hey, um, I sent Alan and Katie the money for you to take the course with Natasha. And it's life changing. It'll help you. It, it's so like you should do it. And I can't tell you like that makes such a huge. We have helped so many couples go through the course um, based on, based your, on your donation and contribution. So I just, I like, I, we're so grateful at this time for, to have the community we do. We've never <laughs> done this sort of like, Hey, someone's in need. Can you help? We don't want this. We don't want to make this like a habitual thing, but I don't know, maybe next year, like around Christmas time, I really like the idea of helping couples, especially who don't, who can't get help from the church because that's there's a big community yeah, that, that can't that get there. That was an aspect of this couple is right. they didn't have access. Um, they didn't have access to to, to help from the church. So anyway, just wanted to say, say major props and thanks to all of you. Speaking of the course, Alan. Yeah, it's open. So registration for the next course with Natasha Helfer is open. You can go to marriage on a tightrope dot dot com. That's think i f i c dot com. Uh, the registration for the February 2022 class is now open. It's six weeks. 
seven actually, if you include sex and intimacy, and who excludes sex and intimacy? <laughs> Not us. It's our most popular week. It is my most favorite. <laughs> but um, so seven weeks every Sunday for two hours, and then there are homework assignments. If you if this is the first you've heard of the course, uh, don't worry. This is the first mention. We'll get we'll have uh, more extensive. Uh, updates as we go. I'm just looking at the recording and we're over an hour and we don't usually go over an hour anymore. So so we'll leave it there. If, if you've been waiting for registration to open, I bit my tongue. Um, if you you've been go wa- there. Yeah, you can go to registration. Something I would like to say, if you have, what is it called? Oh, an HSA account. An HSA. I was going to say HOA. An HOA. Just HOA. <laughs> we require an HOA here at Marriage with Tyrone. We have um, a community pool. We have a community pool. You can't see it, but it's we there. We paint your door frame once a year. So, um, yeah, if you have HSA money, if you have some leftover, you can pay with your HSA. Just send us an email, and then we can get the information and get your receipt and everything and that's a good way to pay for the course yeah. is with through that. So um and we then... also accept first edition Pokemon cards. If you have a Charizard, you get into the course. So just send that to <laughs> us. I'm kidding. Bitcoin? Didn't we say Bitcoin? Oh dude, I'll accept Bitcoin. I'll give you my wallet number and you can send me over some Bitcoin. Hundred <laughs> percent we'll take some Bitcoin. Uh, okay. And then the last thing is that we have the women's retreat that's coming February 5th, 5th, Saturday, February 5th. It's, guys, I like I say this every week, like we're full. And well, I think that, that we've got like four spots left. Right. I think, yeah, with the with the retreat, it's tricky because some people are, are coming in from out of town. So in order to get, I mean, there are literal 100 seats because yeah. of this, some of the activities require, require, can't go above a certain amount. Right. We'd go, we were doing like a yoga thing and you have to, you can only have a certain amount per room. So anyway. Right. Um, so what, what Katie's doing is she's selling slightly more than a hundred seats, knowing that some people are going to have to cancel. Right. So we don't, we want everyone that wants to come to be able to come. Right. So, but if, if you go into Eventbrite, you're not alone, 2022 retreat, um, we have in, in the announcements on our Facebook page and Instagram, we have all of the links there. Um, you can go in. If you have any questions, you can let us know. But super excited for this. It's going to be an excellent retreat for women. So that is all the news of I'll this I'll be week. one of the only men there. You will. One you of and, two men. You and Brian. <laughs> I know. Brian. These are, this is our tech crew. We're the tech crew. I mean, if there are women out there that are coming that can do the tech crew stuff, more, I mean, more power to you. Yeah. I would love it's it. It's Brian's building, so he kind of has to I know. There. It's Brian's building. But we're excited. We're going to help with that, and then we'll step away to, to chat or get lunch or something and come back. It'll be great. And just a reminder, it's for everyone, people who are in, people are, who are yes. out. That's I look to see to some of the people who are coming. There are lots of people that are fully in. But then you've got people who like my friend Chelsea Homer is coming as well. So I, um, I love it. I, I think it's going to be really helpful and insightful for everyone, no matter where you are in the faith spectrum. And you'll be selling autograph photos for 25 apiece. Is that right? Of what? My face? Of yourself, yeah. Oh, gag. No, no one wants that. Well, you're charging $5 a selfie. <laughs> $5 a selfie. Could you imagine? This... That would be like the worst this is mixed faith marriage con. You can come meet your <laughs> your favorite. You can you can come co- you can cosplay as a Nephite. Is that what you? Uh, this no. is getting worse and worse. Okay, just got a TikTok idea. Oh my! I'm gosh. just kidding. Bad Don't joke. watch it. Too soon. When it's done, we're gonna see that it was better that we grew up together. 
Tell me you don't wanna leave. 'Cause if change is what you need, you can change right next to me. When you're high, I'll take the lows. You can ebb and I can flow. We'll take it slow and grow as we go. We.